Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean Line Media presents the Olivia Fox Podcast. Welcome to the Olivia Fox Podcast. We appreciate you guys so much for checking us out. Ah, what can I tell you? We are moving and grooving inside this Women's History Month. It's kind of a series of sorts. But before I do that, you know, I got to take care of my business. Make sure you subscribe, like, leave a comment. Tell your friends to tell a friend about the Olivia Fox podcast. We are doing it for you. And only you can tell me how we are doing. I I thrive off the feedback. As I said, it is Women's History Month. We've got a beautiful, wonderful series going on, highlighting some magnificent women, professionals doing it big in their various industries and joining me tonight. I wanted to say a young woman that I had an opportunity to meet. What was it? Just last week? Two weeks ago? She is an award-winning television journalist. She has done so much in her time, a speaker, a moderator, a host, and a incredible motivator. Let me just say that. Please welcome to the Olivia Fox podcast, Maureen Ume. Hello. Hello. How was that Hello, intro? Olivia. Huh? <laughs> Listen, um, coming from you, I am honored. You are an icon. And as I told you when I met you, I feel like I've known you for years. When I met you in person about a week ago, I just thought, wow, this is a woman who I've listened to on the radio, emulated. I mean, when they talk about top brass when it comes to broadcasting, Olivia Fox is it. So to be here on your podcast, to have you interviewing me, can I just tell you, mom, dad, I've arrived. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's an honor. I appreciate you, Maureen, so much. Thank you so much. That means so much coming from you. Really, it really does. First and foremost, I just have to say, where, let's see, what do I want to say first and foremost? Of course, thank you. Thank you, of course. But you are such a motivator. And it's not a lot of times when you meet someone through a friend, a friend of a friend, which to me means a lot because if a good friend refers you to someone else, you in there, we friends. But when we met, we had such an incredible chemistry. And like you said, I feel like I've known you for longer than just a week. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I just, I'm, I'm so happy that our paths cross, even though we're in the same industry of sorts in the same city, it's just, it's just refreshing to meet someone who's genuine down to earth and really about her business and straightforward. You know, I appreciate that. So let's talk about, let's talk about what it is that you do. I know you've been in television journalism for over 20 years. You've won all types of rewards. My question is how and why did you get into the industry that you're in? Did you fall into it? Did you go to school for it? Was it planned? What's the history of that? all of the above. This is what I've known I've always wanted to do. I'm, I'm, I'm naturally curious. Um, I want to help people. My parents would have loved it if I got, went to uh, you know, medical school, or actually they wanted me to be a lawyer. But I tell them, I kind of am a lawyer every day in the sort of stories I do when I, I'm able to litigate, so to speak, someone's story on there and get a solution. But it just, everything about journalism fits my personality. 
I have a need to be seen and heard. I'm nosies all get out. <laughs> I, I, I like writing. I like storytelling. I love digging into things. So journalism just fit every aspect of my personality. So I knew from the time I was four years old that this is what I was going to do. And so as I continue, of course, you do it in, in different platforms or on different platforms. But I've always known that this is what I wanted to do. And, and I've been blessed to be able to do it. So thank God for that. Um, I hope I have many, many more years doing this, again, in different capacities, but still being able to affect change on this platform and help people, which is really the cornerstone of what I love doing. Absolutely. And the fact that you are able to do what you love, because a lot of people don't get that opportunity and that you're able to execute and feel like you're making a difference because, you know, we, we, we can't change the world, but if we do our part, and even if you just reach one or two people, you're good. You, 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 you're doing what you're supposed to do and you are making a change. So I guess my next question would be, we've seen such a transition in media, radio and television. And over the past four or five years, there's been kind of a verbal assault on journalists telling the stories. Everything's fake news. You've been questioned. You've got people that don't have the experience. They don't have the knowledge, but they judging you as a seasoned broadcaster. How have you been able to maneuver in that capacity with, you know, politics, politics, just kind of all up in the business of everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it impacts your ability to do your job. So how have you been able to, to handle that? I tell you, it's not been easy. I'm a straight shooter. I, I tell the truth um, and I give it like it, it is. And it's not always popular. My career has taken a hit because of it, but I won't back down because it's contrary to who I am. I tell you the truth, you know, and they say as a, as a storyteller, the griot, we tell you the truth. That's what we're supposed to be. Uh, and so I don't know to be any other way. And for people who want to label us as fake news or want to malign what it is we do, those are the people who can't face themselves. If I'm holding a mirror to your face, and you don't like what you're seeing. Check your heart, not mine. I'm not in this business to tear anybody down. I'm here to tell the truth and to help people. And if you're affected by that in a negative way, then you have to check yourself. And so that's what re- makes me um, rest easier because I know I'm not in this to tear people down. I am here to shed the light. And if you don't like what you're seeing, that's on you, not on me. Now, are there times where I don't get it right? Absolutely. But overall, for the scope of the work I've done, I can say I'm proud that I've not been that person that, that has succeeded because I took somebody down. That's not who I am. It's contrary to everything that I am. That's not to say I'm all Pollyanna all the time because I'll get in there. I'll, <laughs> I'll get in there. But at the end of the day, we as a side are in a place where, you know, right is wrong, wrong is right. It's all topsy-turvy. But when you're true to yourself and what you believe, I think you're and you're able to navigate that way. It becomes a lot easier to quiet that noise that wants to maybe take you down or destroy you. So that's what I hold to is my truth uh, and go by that, that creed and that motto. And you hit upon a point with when you said your career has maybe have taken a hit. And I feel like you and I have so many things in common, uh, speaking the truth and telling a story and, 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 and giving it to you straight up. So what do you think has been one of the most impactful uh, stories that you have done that not only impacted the lives of your viewers, but also where you felt like, okay, I'm so glad I was able to tell this story. Does anything stand out for you? Not one, because there have been so many. If, If I'm thinking back to my earlier career, 
there was a story, and this is so, it, it feels so minor, but it was so major to me at that point. I did a story about fire safety, and that might seem weird, but as I'm talking to these kids and, we're, and I'm interviewing them, this one little boy was thanking me for doing it. I said, why? And he starts crying. He said, because if I'd known this just two weeks ago, I could have saved my family's life. I didn't realize the story I covered two weeks ago was the death of his family. But it, at that moment, it struck me that what I do makes a difference. It may not be in the way people necessarily think. Because I think a lot in this day and age, a lot of people get into TV or radio to be seen and heard, and that's about it. But I would love to say my stories make a difference. Again, does every story hit? No. But when it does, you know in your heart because you see it immediately. Someone just out of the blue will thank you. They'll call you. It's make, it might be a text. But that's how you know, yeah, yeah, I, th this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, when you're in it for those wrong reasons because you think you're cute, I always tell people, get in line. There are a thousand cute people and that you're just the next. Study your craft and know your stuff. That'll keep you in the game longer than if you're wearing the right weave or the right makeup or, you know, you can I, I, look. Keep it again, real. Pow, pow. I, I give it to you. Pow, pow. I give it to you straight. You're going to last a lot, lot, a lot longer when you've got this. No one can take this away. All this could fade. You get big, small, whatever. But when you have this, it's a lot harder for people to tear you down or mess with you because you can always regroup because this always works. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you were saying that people come up and say something like the little boy, to me, that's like more like confirmation where mm -hmm. we we may be our own big fans and see what we're doing and be impressed. But when someone that you don't know that has no kind of ulterior motives and comes to you and gives you that feedback that makes you feel good inside and, and, and pushes you to continue to thrive and be who and what you are. Indeed it is. And I'll tell you, when there was um, a, a, a change in my career uh, pretty recently, the amount of people that came up to me who noticed what was happening and said, listen, we're with you. We support you. We see what's happening. That was so validating. Not that I necessarily needed it, but it was nice to know that you're not in some sort silo by yourself. People do understand. They see it and they appreciate what you're doing. So despite what Another group might want to tell you that you're not doing it right and this is why you know that it's not you. It has nothing to do with you. And you have a group that supports you. That makes all the difference in the world. So that that affirmation, and you could be the strongest person in the world, but sometimes this stuff gets to you. Like just to have one person say to you, that's all right, baby. I see you. I believe in you. Keep going. That's all it takes sometimes. You know? Absolutely. And in my career, I've been blessed to have that happening. Mm. Now, when you're talking about going out and covering stories, because I've always wanted to know this because I've never really done a whole lot of television, maybe a, gut, a guest shot here and there, but I've never really worked as a journalist. Who decides what stories are told? And you know what I mean? Because you hear, but especially in our community, some of mm -hmm. the stories that may mean something to us, they don't get the the publicity. They don't get told on the news. And sometimes in our community, we feel like, you know, the news is not for us. They're setting us up. So how does that work? What's the process in, in getting a story as an anchor, as a reporter? So that's a good question. So the way stories basically come to us is people pitch stories all the time, whether it be through emails, um, you know, they call the desk or they know a reporter. And they say, hey, I've got a story for you. And in the fair world, all of it gets aggregated into into an assignment queue. And we talk about what stories we're covering. Now, they're breaking news stories. You obviously have to cover every day what's happening there, what's topical. But when it comes to things that you see that affect our community, this is where representation matters. 
when you don't have decision makers that look like you in that newsroom and that in those positions of power that can say, let's cover this, then your community is not going to get covered. And when it does get covered, it gets covered in a way that's not reflective or in a way that's that's annoying, in a way that's disrespectful. So someone like me jumps up every day saying that we're not doing that. And after a while, you become the agitator. This is why I am an advocate and I say it is so important for us to have our own platforms to be able to tell our own stories on our own terms. Because, yeah, you can get another manager that looks like you, but some, unfortunately, I've seen this too. The managers that look like you that come in, they're so worried about keeping their jobs that they just go along to get along and nothing changes. So when you see stories that are not reflective of our community or that, that, that are disrespectful to our community, it's because you don't have people who look like you in those decision-making roles to say, wait a minute, we can't do that. Or wait a minute, where's the balance there? You see it time and time again. So again, it's important. A lot of people want to get into TV to be in front of the camera because they think I'm the anchor. I'm here. The power is not there. The power is with the managers behind the scene who call the shots, who tell that anchor, I've seen this too, basically shut up and dribble. Yeah, no matter how high paid you, shut up and dribble. Just read the news. When you're not being paid for that, read the news. So you see how that becomes a that becomes a thing where, yeah, you might be this high-priced person, but you, you affect no change. The power is behind the throne. And that's what I want people getting into this business to understand. You need to be concentrating on how can I hold the chips? How can I be in a position of power to be able to tell the stories that need to be told and tell them accurately? Right, right. Because we saw that with Chris Cuomo. You know, when that whole thing was going on, I mean, he uh, one of the top anchors and they just blew him out like like it was nothing. Of course, he bounced back. But that is not always the case, especially when you're talking about females, specifically females of color, which brings me to my next commentary is that we're seeing not just locally because we're based here in Washington, D.C., but on a national level, we're seeing more women of color. Um, But. Are we seeing that in the management keyholder positions as well, or has that still remained the same? I will say we're not seeing women of color in managerial roles, because if we were, you would see a wholesale, a wholesale change. We see spots here and there. But again, even if they come in with the best intention, it's a it's a system. They eventually fall into the trap and they've now become almost as bad as the ones who don't look like them, sometimes even worse. And so you wonder, what's the point of having this, this so-called ally in this position when they're the ones who really sometimes go in to, to destroy the, the talent of color at, at certain organizations? So it's, it's an uphill battle, but I think the more people are attuned to that and start thinking about, okay, we need to make sure that there's representation and fight for it and voice it and make sure that it's a thing, you will start seeing some of these changes. And then the audience, too. The onus is on them, too, to demand you can't keep you cannot keep covering our community this way. Demand. I remember, in fact, one reason I wanted to be a journalist. People would say, "Hey, man, you can't. We want this story. We demand this." And sure enough, those news stations would would respond to it, and something would get done. I feel like people are so complacent now. They take whatever is given, or they just fall into their shell, or they think, "Okay, if I can just, I'll just go on social media or whatever and be like a gangster there, and it's enough." It's not. You're not doing the damn thing, but being on this thing, talk about what I would, I should. No, no, no. Effect change in real life, not in this mega, meta, whatever universe these people are in these days. This is real life. Do it here where it matters. I think there's so many different uh, 
places where you can get your news. Um, and a lot of times when people make their choices because it's leaning towards their agenda or their political views. So you have so many different opportunities to go to different places to get the news. And eventually maybe you can find a place that is telling the story that you want to hear as opposed to how it truly is. I mean, we're seeing that now, um, you know, across the board. And when you were talking about um, gatekeepers, people that are making the decisions, it's not just a TV thing. And I've had guests on here, we were talking about uh, uh, policing in America. That really came up, that subject matter came up because we were talking about even though the five black cops in Memphis were black, the victim was black. It was still this system, this this mentality. Um, and so it goes across the board. I don't know how many times over my career I've talked to people in corporate positions. Um, they have all the degrees and all the experience and they're you know, bringing all this business in. But at the end of the day, there is somebody over them that doesn't really look like them telling them, Da, 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 da. And it stifles you. It really stifles you. So I think it should motivate folks to go out and get your own to try to attempt to bring about that change, but be the one that's holding the key that can make those key decisions. And we're, we're seeing it a little bit, just a little bit here and there. But I, I think it's changing. I think it's definitely changing. Yeah. Now, when you first started out, in television as opposed to 2023 what were what are other than the technology what were the biggest what what have been the biggest changes that you have you have seen i think um the way that that reporters and anchors are able to present not just themselves but even the stories that's changed let's let's begin with just appearance years ago when i started out my my co-anchor was this much 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 older man you know Coming out of college, it made me cut my hair real short because if they said I looked older, you know, made my voice a little lower to try to fit in. And just a lot of contrived things to make me fit in. You know, now I, I think people are more able to be themselves. You see people able to wear their own, their different hairstyles, through the chronic, things of that nature. Just being able to express themselves more authentically. I see that. Also, the way stories are presented, which I'm not so keen about. We don't do longer format stories as much as we do. I feel like it's more of a microwavable newscast and news that people have now because attention spans have been so reduced that we are not educating the public as we should. We're able to give them maybe one or two tidbits and that's it, whereas there might be 20. And people don't have the, the inclination to go search out more information or even divergent thoughts. Because just because I tell you something, I would hope that you wouldn't take that as gospel. You go you go do your own research. But people don't do that anymore. So those are some of the changes I've seen happening. And unfortunately, it's continuing. I don't know where it stops, but it, it has been something that I would say when I started off, I feel like we did better journalism then than we do now. Um, someone might argue otherwise, but I honestly don't think that what we do today is journalists infotainment. Even the houses that are supposed to be the, the, the stalwarts of journalism, even they've been eroded to where they're not doing the hard hitting journalism that news junkies like me and you have been used to. You know, Yeah, I think because of our culture with materialism and celebrity and because that celebrity has kind of crossed into news and for whatever reason, they're making them matter where they you know, are considered newsworthy. 
where years ago it would have been like, who, what? Unless you're talking about sports, you wouldn't never necessarily talk about a professional athlete. But all that has changed. The celebrity to me has has caused a huge shift in the way that news is presented and what is considered important and what's not. If we can pivot on a personal note, uh, we both mothers and you know, like I know how expensive daycare is, how expensive, you know, going to get a nanny or au pair, you know, my daughter's 19 and it was expensive back then. So I imagine it's even worse now. How do you swing it? Not just financially, but how do you swing it where you're getting up? Television is very visual. So you got to have yourself together, which is one reason why I didn't go into it. Cause I'm like, I can't do my hair every day, but you have to have this presentation, but you also are a mother. So how do you balance that? It's, it's incredibly difficult. But the one thing is, I'll tell you, I wanted to be a mom so badly that I was so ready for it. Um, I planned, I knew that this was, you know, I didn't go into it to be a single mom, but it just so happens those are the cards I was dealt. But I, I planned to be a mother and I knew it would not be easy. I was lucky enough, if you call it that, to to get put on the morning shift after I had my daughter, which really is the best shift for moms because you go in, I know it's going to sound ungodly, I wake up at 1.30, my shift begins at 2.30. But I'm done most days by 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So I don't, I'm not there with her in the morning to take her to school, but I'm there every day to pick her up. I'm there for the after school activities. And so you, you make your peace and you try to find your balance. I've also been blessed that we've had a full-time live-in nanny since my daughter was two years old. And without her, I don't know what I do. I mean, this woman has been there. Now she doesn't drive. I don't, she really doesn't cook. So basically <laughs> I'm keeping her too, but. You know, but she she is she is anyone who's looked for a nanny and just knows it's it's a crapshoot. You don't know who you're going to get. But this woman loves my daughter so much. Um, not only that, my sister's children, you know, when they come here, she watches them like it's her, like they're her own. So to find someone like her who's truly so loving and I trust her completely has been a blessing. I don't I don't worry about my daughter's safety in any way in her care. And that was the most important thing to me. I said, I don't care if you don't cook a darn thing. I don't care if you don't fix anything in the house. Just love her and be there for her. That's all I care about. And and that's what she's done. Um, where I she really I don't even need her now. My daughter's eleven, and frankly, she's at the age where I need someone who drives and does the thing that you know I, I would want a, a helper to help. But she's family now, so you know I've been blessed that I I have been surrounded by great people. You know, her dad is is in her life not as much as I'd like her to like him to be, but his family's amazing. I mean, they they they're like overboard doing what, what they, you know, being part of her life. So I've got a community and that's the only way you can do it. We are not, um, you know, meant to be alone. We're not meant to do things alone. And so you have to really surround yourself with people who get it and, and support you and champion you and are just there to hold your hand and to, and to catch you, especially in those times where you feel like, oh man, I'm dropping the ball here big time. Do you ever feel guilty? You ever have guilt? <laughs> I know you do, but... <laughs> what, yes, what is it that makes yes. you what, oh my what God. about the most guilt for you uh, when when I can't be there for events um, you know or sometimes when they just want you there and you have to be at work because in what we do you know you don't get a holiday Christmases weekends aren't guaranteed sometimes you have to work and I can't tell you how many Christmases I've worked mm. um, and, and, and holidays and weekends and you feel guilty leaving events early because you have to be at work uh, just that those are the times that just they just it's like a dagger. You're thinking, man, why is it like this? I don't. And you question it. The only thing that's kept me going is because I know this is what I want to do. But I'll tell you, there's always been that thing in me that said this is what I want to do. But at the, ultimately, I have to do it on my own terms. 
And I've been working actively at that because A, I don't like anybody telling me. Okay. And B, I said it, we have to have our own platforms. We're able to affect change. So there has to be more people sounding that alarm saying, hey, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Um, So hopefully, and and then also people who who are moms who get it so that you're not being so hard on these young anchors and reporters uh, and talent who are in the field and saying, hey, can I just get one day off to go to my daughter or son's recital? Don't be that a-hole who's like, well, you say right. again. <laughs> and, and you've seen that happening. You know, you just want to slap the taste out of their mouth. Like, what, you know? Ugh. See, now you now see now Maureen's coming out for real. <laughs> Girl, you preaching now. You preaching and you preaching to the choir. And I know there are parents out there, male, female, who are single parents that can totally relate to what you're talking about. And and you do feel guilty. But let me just give you this little piece of this little gem for you. As your daughter gets older and then she goes off to college, you will see your work firsthand and all the doubt. Because I had that guilt thing going as well. But all the guilt and any kind of way that you might be feeling, am I doing the right thing? You will see it when she goes away, because when she goes away and she's able to stand on her own, to thrive and really make a life for herself. That's when mama can pat herself on the back and say, yeah, I did that. I did that. I was working. I had my career. I was impacting people's lives. But I also created this life that has gone on and will contribute, you know, something magnificent to the world. So I'm just letting you know, you got, you got that coming. If if you don't know, I know, you know, now, but later on when your child goes away, you'll see it. It'll be right there. Be like, yeah, I'm a bad mama. (laughs) Jeff. Thank thank you for saying that because it it means a lot to me to hear that from someone like you, because you you have friends who, who might tell you, but someone in the industry who says that to you, it means more because you know the, the you know the stuff we go through. Everyone thinks it's hearts and flowers and it's glamorous, but you know some of these mornings waking up at 1.30, you're driving some crazy. What am I doing? So to have someone like you say when you you'll see it when your child grows up and it and it makes sense, you're saying, I did a good job. That means everything. That really does. And I'm I, you know, I'm a crier, but I'm gonna try to control myself because I man, the water I don't know what's going on with me. Like, I cry like commercials. What is happening? So anyway, let me compose myself. But yes, thank you for that. Again, this is why you're an icon. It really is. I mean, you you are wisdom personified when it comes to being in this business, being a woman, being a mother, standing your ground. So for that, I salute you, Olivia Fox. And and, and you, you deserve all the accolades because you really have paved the way and your voice continues to resonate even today. You know, people... Olivia, you are a legend. So salute, madam. Salute. Maureen, you make my day, girl. And I'll be crying, too. Anybody would tell you, I will start crying and be like, oh, Lord, here she go. But it means a lot when you have that sisterhood. And again, like you said, if you're talking to someone that feels you, they know what you go through. You know what it's like. I'm getting for clip. Let me hold it back. <laughs> I appreciate it though, girl. I had to like <clears throat> you think of something funny, think of something funny, think of something funny. Now, if you had to talk to Maureen, 18-year-old Maureen, where you are in 2023, you don't have to think back as much as me. But what <laughs> what would you say to Maureen? And what do you think Maureen would think about you in 2023 if she could look forward and see you and be like, wow. 18-year-old Maureen was um fearless, honestly. And I I, I think I would tell her to really to to go with that, 
don't 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 become cautious because there was a point that I became cautious and I I really see it where God gives you the gumption and we're we as humans want to put a limit on it and I know when I did that in my career I know when I've done that in my life because if you're able to dream it that means you can achieve it and my 18 year old self was completely fearless you couldn't tell me anything you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to be the biggest anchor. And people were telling me things like, oh, you're dark, you know, you're this, you're that. I didn't care. It, it, none, none, of it made, none of it resonated. It didn't even, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. And when you work in that, the universe opens those doors for you. And it sure did for me. Now, 18-year-old me to say something to me today would be like, what happened to us? I thought we were supposed to take all those chances. But I think she would also understand why I had to do some of the things I did to sort of temper myself. But that gumption and that fire that 18-year-old Maureen had is back. Yes. And I am so excited to have her back to say, yes, be fearless because the universe will catch you. And I say the universe, but honestly, for me, it's God. God will catch you. He doesn't make, he doesn't give you ideas without giving you a way to execute. There's no way, not the God I serve. And that's why I know you just have to do things with reckless abandon. Yes, you might at some point turn back. Ain't nobody there behind you, but God has you. Keep walking because that is where it's at. And so really just believing in yourself and, and telling yourself, okay, think back to that childhood naivete or whatever we want to call it. That's what it's about. God wants us. What did, you know, I can't quote you, quote you scriptures, but there's something about being childlike. That's what it's about, where you have no fear, where you, where you walk in faith. That's what it, that's what I would want myself to know then and to and to execute now. Girl, you hit me. You hit me. And, and and you're right. You know, you have an idea when you're that age because you're so hungry. You know, you I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm this is where I'm going. I'm packing up my stuff. I'm moving. I'm going where the job is. This is what I'm gonna do. Losing relationships, you know what I mean? But it's all good because I'm gonna go and catch this dream. And you do, people, you know, the industry will kind of beat you down, you know, to beat you down. And, and, and it kind of, uh, takes away that fire, but the fire still stays lit. Even though you may not be able to feel it, you know, it's still there. And then you get to a point, And I think we're both in that position where the fire is just, you know, in us all over us, like we on fire. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and when you get like that, that, you know, you just become where it's like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I don't care what nobody says. You know, this is what I am doing. And that that fearlessness comes back, which is which is great. And anybody that's out there listening that can relate to this, that thinks, you know, oh, I'm too old or too much time has passed or I can't do it because such and such and such to say it this, that fire is still there. You're still the same person. It's there. You just have to have the courage to let that person come back out and do not allow people, situations, environments to stifle you because it happens. And, and, and to me, you're not truly living in your purpose if you have a fire within you and you know it and you're not willing for whatever reason to allow yourself to be your full self. And so I commend you on that. I know I can see the fire in your eyes, girl. I've talked to you. I know what's going on with Miss Maureen, honey. And you know, the thing they say is if you if you want, I don't know the, the direct quote, but for me, it's really about the people that you're around. If you're around people that are motivated, that have that fire, it can bring it out in you. 
you'd be like, wow, she's because I'm telling you, when when I left with me, I thought, wow, she is dynamic. You know, she is fearless. She has tons of ideas and she keeps it real. And, you know, it just got me to thinking like, you know what, girl, you've gotten away from yourself. And this woman has lit you up where you feel like, okay, I can do something now, you know. So I, you know, I appreciate that because you don't know the people that you impact and the people that you move and motivate. You just don't know until somebody comes and say, hey, girl, let me tell you something. I'm so glad I passed cross, Maureen, because I feel as though <laughs> me and you are spiritual animals, girl. And we got work to do. And so I just, you know. <laughs> I, listen, I, a thousand percent, yes. I'm waiting for you to go on that speaking circuit because you have a way with words that you just capsulize what's what's there. You hit the nail on the head. You are someone who has a depth about you. We talked a little bit about this. There are a lot of people who do radio, TV, shallow, shallow. But, you know, we live again in this microwave society where that's that might be just enough food for some people. But when you give them the thought, like how you just what you just said, you can't help but your soul saying, man, that was soul food. I needed to hear that. That is why there will always be space for someone like you, because real recognizes real. And no matter how someone wants to stop it, you can't help but rise to the top. You're cream. I appreciate it. You are too, girl. You are too. We in the same cup swimming around. We about to take our cup (laughs) worldwide. Okay. (laughs) It has been amazing talking to you again. Uh, But I do want to ask you if there's somebody out there listening and they're afraid but they feel like they have a story to tell. They feel fearless, but they don't know which direction to go to. And this can be a young person coming right out of college, someone that's going to college, or even someone that is deciding to change careers. What would be your best piece of advice for someone in that position? Just do it. You know, just do it. You have the, the first step is always the scariest. I know it sounds crazy. Well, where do I even start? Say you're in this business, right? reach out. There's so many people who are genuinely are willing to help. So I think people maybe think because of what we do that we're so narcissistic, we, we don't give back. I have run into more people who have been willing to help than not. It's just a matter of saying, hey, I need this, or can you give me some advice? Reach out. You know, closed mouths don't get fed. Tell people what you're doing. Tell them what you need. You know, because sometimes you feel like well, they should know. You know, you can kind of tell. No, you have to just say, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to I'm willing to be vulnerable. And you are never too old. You did say this. So you're never too old to pivot and to start a new career. I know it can be scary. I know it can be scary. But again, if there's something in your spirit that says I need to go in this direction, trust it. Will it always be a smooth road? Absolutely not. Might you look and say, what the hell did I do? Yes. But trust yourself and then trust the people around you. You, you also mentioned that the, the community you have, good friends who catch you, who give you sound advice, sage advice, not the stuff you want to hear, the stuff that really makes a difference. Have those people in your life because there's nothing worse than having friends that just go along and get along. I will never be that friend to people who I really value. Don't come to me if you don't want to be told the truth, because I am not her. I will. Sorry. But <laughs> but people that, that are looking for that, that need that, that feed off of that, will respect that and know you are going to be consistent with your presentation and with your opinion. And for me, consistency is is where it's at. Whether it's good or bad, you know, hey, straight shooter. If you don't want to know, like you said, if you don't want to know the truth, don't ask, because I'm going to tell you. And it may be something that you don't like, but it may also motivate you to go and be and do a little bit more than what you are. Now, in five years, 
five years, where will Maureen Ume be? Where do you, what do you say? The top. The top. I'm going to be at the top of this field, carving out my own niche to make sure that I give people the opportunity to have a chance to tell their own stories on their own terms. I'm, I'm about uplifting us, our people, and making sure that we are not the tail, that we are the head. And if I'm, if I'm blessed to continue going in the way I'm going, that is what I want for us. I want to be able to say, okay, you weren't given an opportunity there. Here's where you can have a better opportunity. And I will make that path for you. Because when you lift one person up, when you can lift a community up, you lift everybody up. It, I, it's, it's, I win. Everybody wins. That's what I want. So in five years, I want to be on those lists that say who's who, uh, influencers, like not, not in the sense of social media, but like the pr- people affecting change. I want to be there. If you, if you have something to say and you need a conduit, I want to be that person where that list is written and Maureen Ume is there as titans of media and industry. That's me. That's where I've always, that's where I'm supposed to be. But for the fact that I stopped listening to myself, it would have happened eons ago. But, you know, God's timing. This is when he said, move, and I'm following his will, and let thy will be done. Indeed, because it's really about the journey. And you can question and be like, well, why am I here? But it is God's time. And and it's not going to happen until it is your time. You can have your time fall back and be like, well, you know, too much time has passed. But that time can come back around again. It's really about the timing and your journey and listening to yourself. Like you said, you got to listen to yourself and believe if you can see it in your mind's eye that it is achievable. Surround yourself with the right people. Maureen, girl, I have enjoyed. I knew it was going to be the bomb, though. I knew it was going to be the bomb. I knew this interview was going to be the bomb. Now, if people want to find you, tell us when you're on Fox and also all your social media. So there are young people. And and let me just say this, ladies, if you're out there listening, especially my sisters of color, you know, we have a problem sometimes, you know, with one another where, you know, the the myth is, oh, well, well, you're not going to reach down to help. This sister right here, Maureen Ume, she will be that person, okay? A lot of people talk to talk, but they're not out here doing the walk. She's walking, she's talking, and she's doing it. And if you need a piece of advice, where do we find you, Maureen? So you can find me on air on there Monday through Wednesday reporting from 4 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Weekends, I anchor from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. So find me there. And then on my social media, um, I'm at uh, Maureen Ume TV on Instagram. That's my personal one. And then the other ones are Maureen Ume on Fox. Um, so but I'm, I'm always accessible. Just just reach out to me. I'm always accessible some way. And if I can't help you, I'll find someone who can. But I really do value people's time. And if you take the time to reach out to me, that says a lot. I'm going to make the time to, to reach back out. Now, don't come with any foolishness because I don't yes. suffer fools. You come with some nonsense. Listen, I'm not the one. But if you're serious and, and, and you need a, a helping hand, you know, there, there are people like me, like Olivia, who are there to genuinely help. So if you're, if you're serious, reach now, out. Now, is Fox online as well? Fox5DC.com. Okay. So if we're outside of DC area, you could, you know, it's so, it's so wonderful now with the, with technology. That's one thing I can say. It doesn't matter where you are. You have access to everybody everywhere. So that's a beautiful thing. Maureen girl, I appreciate you so much. This has just been 
another incredible episode in this series of Women's History Month. I'm telling you, thank you, thank you, thank you for accommodating me. I know you're busy, I know, but um, I do really appreciate you being here and the things that you've been able to share. I'm almost positive, other than myself, you are impacting people's lives and will continue to do so. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's been my honor, Olivia. Thank you so much for the opportunity. God bless you. Your path is so bright, and I'm so excited to meet you and be on this journey with you. The stars are not even the limit. Girl, you almost got me there again. I'm going to ask you to stop it, girl. I'm like, I made it through. <laughs> Maureen, you know I'm going to be in touch. I just want to thank everybody for supporting the Olivia Fox podcast. I tell you, we are doing it. These interviews, just I'm hoping that not only if you're entertained, but also informed and impacted by these people that we have, especially my girl Maureen Ume. Support her and everything she does. Like the Olivia Fox podcast. Subscribe. Tell us what you think. I love it. I'll take it, good or bad. We are moving. We are moving. This train is moving, baby. And we want you a part of it. So do what you do. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk again soon. The Olivia Fox podcast is produced and hosted by Olivia Fox. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Olivia Fox podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Please subscribe, comment, and rate. Follow Olivia Fox on IG at Olivia Fox Radio. Follow the Mean Old Line Media Podcast Network at Mean Old Line Media. Get the Mean Old Line Media app in the App Store or on Google Play. The Olivia Fox Podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.